Oh my gosh. What's up, everybody? I've managed to lose the technology. So I'm playing around with a new computer today. I'd like to give a shout out really, really quick uh, to Jessica. Thank you so much for the wonderful gift. I'm learning a brand new laptop today. So thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank you for that. And thank you for your patience, everybody. This is Gratitude Unfiltered. I'm your host, Joshua T. Berglund, and I'm so blessed to be here tonight. Thank you guys for being here. Hello, Jessica. Good to see you. What's up, Todd Hart? Great to see you, buddy. Good to see you, Jess. Thank you. Nalia, thank you. All the way from Pakistan. Great to see you guys. Wow. So this is Gratitude Unfiltered, and we are live on the Live Mana Worldwide Network. Um, which is, of course, uh, the network for the Live Mono Worldwide Foundation. Um, we are a foundation that believes in elevating the voices of those voices that need to be heard, um, regardless of what your background is, regardless of what your, your socioeconomic status is. We want to help you. We want to help you get your message to the world. So you can go to the Live Mono World, Live Mono Worldwide. Dot org. That's L-I-V-E-M-A-N-A worldwide.org to learn more. We're also broadcasting live from libmonoworldwide.org, which is uh, something new. So uh, just to fill everybody in, what's up, Stephen Smith, all the way in Florida. Great to see you, buddy. Um, what you guys are going to see with some of the changes that are coming up, um, look, I'm just going to get into some, like, the way moving forward, how some things are going to happen. Um, when you broadcast on Facebook, YouTube, Periscope, and all these the places that we're broadcasting right now, one of the things that you lose is the power of your content. You become susceptible to censors. And those of you who have watched this show, what's up, Amanda? Good to see you. Those of you who have watched this show uh, for the last few years know that I don't want to be censored and I sure as heck do not want to be told what I can say and what I cannot say. Um, and also some of the con the subject matter that we cover tends to get censored by the Facebook and the YouTubes of the world. And I want to prevent that. And one of the visions of having our own network was to be able to create an uncensored for Jesus platform. Uh, we wanted to be able to cover all of the bases. We wanted to be able to tell the stories that need to be told, the stories that are not told um, typically, the ones that you don't even hear behind a pulpit. Um, if you know, again, the sense of Gratitude Unfiltered and some of the other projects that we've done with Gratitude Unfiltered, it's about letting your truth out. And you, if you're having to worry about being censored, you can't, you know, it's hard to want to speak your truth. 
So even though we're going to broadcast on Facebook and Instagram TV and YouTube and Periscope and all of the other, and Apple TV and Roku and all of that stuff, uh, from now on, our focus is going to be building out livemonoworldwide.org. So we're going to broadcast from there. Now, does it change those where you're watching? No, you watch where you're comfortable. Uh, you watch where you want to watch. And, um, and that's totally fine with me. Um, I don't care where you watch from. It just means a lot to me uh, that you are watching. But from now on, like the marketing and things like that we do is going in that direction because even though we're broadcasting, even though we have a network and we're going to broadcast, you know, on all of those different mediums. In fact, today we built out our podcast network also. So not just, you know, streaming media for TV. We're also doing podcast as well. And so built that out today. Um, it'll, I don't know when it's going to go live, maybe next week. But all of those new shows that you guys have been creating and the ministries that are launching, well, you're going to have a network to do that on. And no one's going to tell you what you can and cannot say, because in the end, we're doing this uh, to build the kingdom. So with all that said, um, most of this won't change for any of you, except that you're not going to hear me talking about Facebook and YouTube and all that stuff. Um, I am going to talk to you. Um, you know, we're going to talk about Live Mono Worldwide because we believe in the mission. We believe in elevating your voices. We believe in the work that we're getting to do um, with you guys. And uh, so from now on, that's what we're promoting. Anyway, so thank you guys for being here again. Um, it's truly, truly an exciting day. Let me I am trying my best to figure, get this thing off of here. Bear with me. Again, new technology, playing around. So, welcome. Thank you. Um, let's see. I love watching your videos. You were so inspirational and you were shining the light of love. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate that. Thank you, Erica. That is very kind of you. Good to see you. It's been a while. Uh, let's see here. Amanda, always good to see you. Okay. So, we're going to continue tonight in purpose. So, with all that said, thank you. I want to give a shout out also to the sponsor of this network, Live Mana Utoya, which is our CBD company. Um, and let me tell you something, actually. Let me talk about this. Own your own content. Own your own content. The work you do, those of you that are starting, you know, your show, you're launching a ministry, you're live streaming, don't just stop there. You have to remember everything on the screen is monetizable for you. And I'm sharing, like, I don't care how many people go out and try to duplicate what we are doing. I don't care. It's not about that for us. We, trust me, we are so fortunate. In the first, in two weeks since we've been a foundation, the Lord has blessed us in ways I can't even begin, well, I can't wait to announce. Um, but I want to I want to send a message to those of you that are out there that you're 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 building something and you have a brand and you're wanting to grow it or and again ministry is a brand don't get it twisted it's a business especially going into the new world you own your content don't like I know we all go some of us go Facebook heavy or YouTube heavy or Periscope heavy and we go all in there but really ultimately you want to take your live streams and broadcast it on your personal website or your business website. That's where you want to do this. That's why we're doing what we're doing. I'm not trying to be sneaky. I like to do things on the up and up, but I'm tired of other people owning and getting, you know, making money off of the work that we are doing. 
And when you're putting it out there on Facebook, like Facebook, for instance, and I'm sure they'll suspend my account after I say this, but again, this is why I don't want to bow down to Facebook. I want to be in control of, of the message that I'm called to deliver. You should be the same way. Like this is your destiny. Why would you want to set yourself up where you're going to be a victim of somebody's censorship? Like, why would you want that? Speak your truth. Who cares if you want to talk politics and you're, you know, I mean, the fake, fake news, the fake, fake news, you know, the real news that they tell you is fake. Screw that. Like own your own message. You know, when you go to someone else's platform, you have to play by their rules. I'm a rule breaker, you know, one for the kingdom. <laughs> I break the rules of the Holy Spirit tells me I can break. But when you go to someone else's house, you you know, like if they want you to take your shoes off when you before you go into the front door, what do you do? You take off your shoes. Well, if Twitter is going to make rules or Facebook's going to make rules or YouTube's going to make rules about how you're supposed to do something, well, you have to if you want to have success or you want to be welcome there, you have to do it exactly the way that you want you to, they want you to do that. I don't want to play that game. And I also sure as heck don't want to advertise 50 different platforms, even though we're broadcast there and thank God for it. In the end, we want to have control over our message. So if Facebook censors us or YouTube censors us or they don't like the way we're doing something, you know what? We have our website and that's what we're going to. So you can help support this ministry and the other ministries that will be launching on Live Mono Worldwide. And you can help support that by actually going to the website to livemonoworldwide.org and watch there. But I love seeing you guys. I love the chat. Um, but I, I want to put that out there, especially those. Remember, what's up, Aaron? Good to see you, man. Thank you for all that you do, my friend. Um, own it. This is wisdom from above. The kingdom will not be censored. No, it won't be. And that's the, the risk of this. And like, we are so happy to be working like this, the way this we are brought, it's still, we're still part of E360. Um, but this is a way for us to be able to go strictly faith-based, put the focus there. But again, all of these other mediums are amazing, you know, because they give us distribution, they give us reach, but own your own content drive it through your website. When, if you guys took the course I taught um, with the, you know, the media training, if you took that, you heard me say, grab the land, which means grab the domains. You want the domains for your ministry, your show. You should see all of the different domains that we own. And the reason we did that is because inevitably we don't want to be censored and this is the way to do it. So I'm done preaching. Um, Erica, I can teach you how to do that. It's super easy. And one of the things that we're doing with the network and the E360 network um, has this technology and you'll, you're able to embed the, the streaming player on your website. And it's, it's important. And here's the thing. Google finds that just as well as it does YouTube or anything else. Google, Google actually thinks I'm talking to it. <laughs> so anyway... I just wanted to share that with you because some of you are starting to put together the, the bits and pieces of your ministry and your talk shows. And it's very, very important to know that the reason why we're promoting livemonoworldwide.org instead of all the other platforms is for the reason I just told you. Uh, 
Yeah, Jessica, of course. And Jessica has been an absolute godsend. And again, I want to, if it wasn't for Jessica, none of this stuff would be happening. And of course, with the blessings of our Lord. So we're going to go into purpose tonight. Um, we're going to keep this. This is lesson number 12 now. And this is going to be really, really powerful. So you guys enjoy. Um, and thank you again for being here. <laughs> you can make a donation. Um, <laughs> you can make a donation to our foundation. Donation to our foundation. And uh, I will teach you how to do that. Absolutely. I mean, if you want to make the donation. <laughs> but I'm not telling you what to do. So anyway, all right, let's get into this, guys. We're going to have some fun tonight. As soon as I learn how to use my computer. There we go. All right. Committed to connection. Now, right off the bat, committed to connection. Like, isn't this kind of what this is all about? Like us here talking, like we're connected, right? And so many of us that have been in isolation, uh, I'm not really one of them. <laughs> not really. I'm a rule breaker, remember? But so many of us have been, you know, that have been isolated and we've been starving for some type of connection. And like off the bat, before even reading any of this, I, I think that I'm hoping now that the world is starting to open back up, that feeling of wanting human interaction has motivated you to put your phones down and actually spend real quality time with people. So before we go into this, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much uh, for the opportunity to broadcast. Thank you for all of the extraordinary surprises today, the, the blessings, and thank you for just amazing people that have come into my life um, and, and, and just the everyone around me, just the, the blessings that they've been receiving. Thank you for that. And, and, and Lord, you're just an amazing God that gives us a purpose. And then you take, you have this amazing ability to take all of the things that hurt us and use it for good. And I thank you for that. And I thank you for being able to be a living testimony of that and the work that you can do in someone's life, Lord. Holy, Holy Spirit, uh, speak through me tonight, flow through me. Just give me the words to say that you want me to say. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys. Achieving a C3 vision is perhaps the most challenging. A C1 vision requires us to do some things, pray, worship, study the Bible. But a C2 vision requires us to be some things, humble, kind, honest steadfast. Sadly, many believers never get there. What should we realize, however, is that once we get a C2 vision, the rest comes immediately within our reach. This is why it is worth being fully committed to Christ-like character. Let's move on now to the next level of vision, C3, C to the third power. C3 stands for committed to connection. We talked earlier about why there was such a discord and division among Corinthian believers. It was because they failed to discern the Lord's body. To be committed to connection means committed to the body and every member in particular. You see, it is not enough to simply attend the meetings of a church. Each one of us must be committed to connecting. Describe the ways in which you are connected to our local body. Well, truthfully, um, in this case, and I, I really feel that this is important, and I want to share something. 
you know, when I was in LA and San Diego and Newport or not Newport Laguna, when I lived there, I didn't really have a home church. I was like flying around everywhere. And it's really, really hard to be consistently spiritually fed when you don't have a church home and, and church home can look a lot different now, but then it was kind of like just floating around the wind. I was committed but it is so important to find a home base, like a home place that you get spiritually fed. And the reason why is because you want to align with the vision of the ministry you're a part of. It is absolutely important. And the reason why is because if you don't align with the vision, you'll never truly connect to the body of the church. You see, it's just like relationships. And I share this all the time. And in fact, if you're tired of me saying it, I'm sorry, but it's important to say it again. If you are in a relationship with somebody and you don't, your visions do not align, you don't have a shared vision, your, your relationship is going nowhere. Because what are you going to base it off of? Sex? You can have good sex with a, well, never mind. I don't need to go there. I really wanted to go there though. <laughs> Look, it's not about good sex. It's not about laughing. It's not about, it's got to be bigger. I know everyone has this checklist, right? Of the 10 things they want in a relationship or the five must-haves and the deal breakers and all that stuff. But in the end, if you share a vision with somebody, everything else has this way of aligning. And you see, and not to offend women that are, you know, like oh, I, that run businesses and things like that. But women were created in the kingdom. Women were created to be the helper. That doesn't mean personal assistant. It, the women play, their natural gift is to play a supportive role to their partner. Now, I'm not trying to offend anybody. My mom is a boss. Um, most of the women that I'm friends with, like they run corporations, they run companies. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're bosses. But at the same time, when it comes to marriage, and it comes to the relationship, they play a support role. That's what the natural gifting is. And I know things have changed when everybody had to go to work. But again, when we were, when we were created, this is how it was set up to be. So go back to the church. I wonder how many people I lost when I said that. It's not to be offensive. Again, women that, some women, they have no choice but to work and to do their own thing because maybe something's happened to the husband or the husband didn't step up and do what he was, you know, created to do. He what he didn't lead the household appropriately, so then women had to become the man and the woman, which is unfair for the woman, but you know what? Women do it anyway, and that's what makes women so freaking powerful. I know that we're supposed to be equal, but I'm telling you, I think the most powerful force in the universe is a woman just because of the sheer magnitude of what she is responsible for. I think of Jessica being a mom and having to take care of me too. Like who would sign up for that? But you know what? Because she's come in my life and played the role, and I look at her probably that she's greater than me, but she's played this amazing role, support role for me. And it's allowed me to take steps forward. And because of that, we're all going forward. It's, it's just so important. The same way goes with the body of Christ. The same way goes with the church. Like you want to find a church or a ministry to be a part of that you align with the vision so that you can step into 
your gifting and you can contribute to that ministry. And when you do that, the ministry and the body all move forward. Does that make sense? How many people did I lose when I said that? Societal changes cannot alter God's original plan for mankind. Let's go back to the Garden of Eden. Absolutely. Welcome to the kingdom. Live life out of bounds. What's up, Matthew Wolf? Good to see you. Okay, good. So I didn't completely offend everybody. <laughs> um, hey, Matthew, do me a favor really quick. Plug your websites. Matthew Wolf is a an extraordinary human being, uh, somebody that's recently come into my life that has been an amazing support. And we're going to be doing some really cool stuff together um, with his foundations and ours. And it just from a collaborative standpoint. So, Matthew, please plug your stuff. What's up? How you doing? I keep wanting to say your name the wrong way. <laughs> so good to see you, Heidi, even though that's not your name. Um, okay, so I'd like for you guys, that those of you that are watching right now, what are, describe the ways in which you're connected to your local body. Oh, I know what I was saying. The other point to this is right now, like in my home church, the body that I'm, the body that I'm a part of, that I contribute to, is Word of God Church in Oklahoma City. Now, I'm in, I'm in Minneapolis right now, so it's like, well, how are you contributing? Well, that's the thing I was talking about. The church has changed. Now you don't have to be in one location. I'm very much connected to my church body, even digitally. Like, we're working together. The church is now going to be on our network as of tonight, which is exciting for me. Um, but we're connected. I just talked to my pastor before the show started and he made me cry. So I've literally cried every single day now for the last two and a half weeks. I should probably get my hormones checked, but you know what? Sometimes the goodness of God makes you cry and that's where I'm at. Okay. Jesus is the ultimate example of a connector. I used to build myself. I've had so many titles. <laughs> If you can find some old blog post of mine, um, I was a master connector. Like, what all the names? Beauty broker. Like, yeah, I, I've had all of these titles trying to find out my identity. Ironically, I didn't find my identity, my real self, until I discovered Jesus and who I was in Jesus. And then all of a sudden, it became very, very clear. I'm the world's mayor. Well, yeah, but it, it took understanding who I was in Christ to finally learn who I really was. But how many of you ever started that when you've started off trying to be an entrepreneur and you step into, you're starting to take risk and you're trying to brand yourself and you like, you make up a title for yourself. That's like, okay, that fits. And then you change it. Oh, I did it. I mean, I did it with the show. The show has had 14 titles. Morning Gratitude, Morning Gratitude with the Mayor, Joshua T. Berglund's Morning Gratitude, Gratitude Unfiltered, Joshua T. Berglund's Gratitude Unfiltered. I mean, literally changing, trying to find the perfect branding. But again, the closer I got to understanding my identity in Christ, the, the, the more things became very, very clear. So as your identity, you learn more of your identity, your vision also becomes more clear. And when your vision becomes crystal clear and you become focused on that, you become immovable, like what we discussed last night. So Jesus is the ultimate example of a connector. 
During the day of his flesh, he was continually inviting people to get close to him. Come unto me, he says over and over with outstretched arms. I will be your friend. I will let you in. I will spend time with you. I will share myself with you. And I will in no way cast you aside. I think the sooner that people realize that Jesus is your friend, he's your brother, but he's your friend, and you truly get to have a relationship with him. Like, it's a real thing. I, I Again, sometimes it sounds crazy because it's like, well, no, you can't see Jesus, but man, you can feel him, and you know he's there. He's there. He's here now. He's here now, and he does want to spend time with you, and I promise you, if you put him first in everything you do, everything you do, things just line up such in such a beautiful way. Like I cannot even begin to express to you how being aligned with Christ will align the rest of your life and the purpose for your life so beautifully. And is okay, I'm not gonna make myself cry again. Um It's something that I want for everybody, and here's why. Selfishly, the reason I want it for everybody is because I know that the only way to have any peace in this world is with the love of Jesus. Jesus is the only one that can heal these wounds that we have, the generational curses that some of us are still carrying to this day, the broken relationships with our family, boyfriends, girlfriends, husbands. Like, the racism, this discrimination, the resentment and the hatred from that, like it's, it's Jesus that will heal that. It's Jesus. And the more that we get aligned with his purpose for our life and get to understand the true nature of Jesus and who we are in Jesus, we will not have time to hate or discriminate or judge and, and, and even, even resentments that we hang on to, like we don't even have time for that. Like it just feels so unnatural in our body. It feels like the poison it is and we're able to let go of it. It is essential to us being what God created us to be. This is where your character, be, this is where your character begins to impact the rest of who you are in Christ. Poor character, for example, hinders relationships. No one wants to get too close to a person who cannot be trusted. No one wants to spend time with someone who is self-centered, arrogant, or nasty. The attribute that unites character with connection serves as the force that holds the body of Christ together is love. Let me read that one more time. The attribute that unites character with connection serves as the force that holds the body of Christ together is love. Pretty good. First Peter 1.22, love one another fervently with a pure heart. How hard is it to love somebody with a pure heart? I know for me, this has been one of the biggest struggles I've ever had. Like what my idea of love was for so long. I mean, to be honest with you, was really kind of like about good sex and me getting what I wanted. I was the most selfish person that ever lived. And 
took a lot of relationships for granted that didn't deserve that. Most notably, my my family, um, all of my exes, and and regardless of whether or not I really belonged with any of those women or not, that's that's not the the argument here. The fact is that I was selfish and took people for granted, and even used people, and you know now thinking about the last couple of years specifically where I've learned to love myself when I really learned who I was in Christ, that selfish nature started to fade away. I'm going to tell you something else too. And I thought about this yesterday um, after the show, after the broadcast last night, and I don't know how many of you have seen the computer that I've carried with me. It's a big MacBook. The glass is shattered and, <laughs> It's like it's been through it, but, you know, I've been using it because it's what I have and, and, you know, have not been in a financial position to go buy a new MacBook or any of that stuff. And, and that's the crazy thing about God too. Like all of this stuff has been happening with like no money, but money doesn't seem to matter when you're living for the kingdom. It's just amazing how things change. But one of the things that, you know, I've also had to learn is I've always been a giver. I don't know how many of you can relate to this. And if you want to comment, comment, but like, I've always been somebody that wanted to be in service to others, but when people wanted to do something for me, I would say, no, 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 you can't give me that. No, you put the money away or no, you, 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 I, I don't want that gift. I would shoo it away. Even compliments, when people would compliment me, I'd just blow them off. Like, no, 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 no. You know, part of being a giver is also being able to receive. Because you receiving, because what if somebody is wanting to give to you from a pure place, a pure heart, right? Like this laptop I was surprised with. Jessica and the girls surprised me with this stunning, beautiful laptop. Like, and I'm still learning how to use it and it's a little funky trying to use it, but it's like, it's, it's perfect. It's beautiful. And, and, and like, I really told her, no, I was like, no, I can't take this. I can't accept it. And all I could hear in the back of my, my, like in my ear was do not rob her of that blessing. So those of you, I'm only bringing this up to say those of you that struggle with with being able to receive love a blessing a gift ask yourself is this a worthiness issue for me it was a worthiness issue i didn't think that i was worthy of those blessings i didn't think i was worthy to be able to receive such a an elaborate special gift so but i am worthy like i am worthy of these things i am worthy of these blessings and that's it's not arrogant to say that so last night i got a reality check of being a good receiver of gifts also it's just as important i heard stephen furick talk about it in fact um when should you stop giving to people who betray or seem to use you i think you stop giving to them now that's actually a really great question when should you stop giving to people who betray or seem to use you Christopher, my friend, um, I would cut those people out of your life. Like 
you are one of the most amazing human beings I've ever met. And you're very generous, you're very kind, and you will be taken advantage of. I think we had this conversation actually, because you were doing something like on your own, really inspired me what you did when you reached out to me. Um, but I, I know I've been in your shoes and you wanna show up in service. I mean, so many of you that are looking for mentors and so many of you are looking for an example, a role model, and you wanna learn from somebody. And we, we tend to put people on a pedestal and some people will take advantage of that. Some people will absolutely take advantage of, of your goodness and your kindness. And if you're being taken advantage of, walk away. I promise you by eliminating that, you're making room for the right mentor, the right leader in your life. And it's tough because again, we tend to prop people up and idolize them in such a way that we ignore their faults, we ignore their shortcomings. You wanna find somebody that, that, that will sow into you or pour into you that will not take you for granted. Now, mind you, they should work your butt off. They should put you to work because they did the work to get where they're at. So you should be willing to show up and work, but you should never allow yourself to be taken advantage of. And yes, you are allowing them to take advantage of you. You've given them permission and that's why it's happening. So you get to stop it now. No glitch on the other end either. I don't know what that means. Oh, you are worthy. Uh, let's see. Money doesn't matter when you're living for the kingdom. That's what's right. Or that's what's up. Uh, the heart is to give. It's very hard to receive or ask for help. But you know what? If you don't ask for help, if you don't do that, you won't get it. Sometimes asking for help is a step in faith that we all need to take. What did you mean by no glitch, Jessica? First John 4, 7 through 8. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. That's like a brain twister. Our, our love for one another is the truest indicator of whether or not we have seen or know God. Wait, I like that. Our love for one another is the truest indicator of whether or not we have seen and know God. Wow, that's powerful. Wow. First Thessalonians 4, 9. But concerning brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. Jesus said, come unto me and learn of me. Jesus himself teaches us to love one another. He told his disciples in John 13, 34, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. And I don't know why, but the first thing that sticks out to me when I read that is judgment. Can you love somebody by judging them? The answer is no. You cannot, and I, I know some people will disagree with that. The religious people are going to disagree with that. Like, oh, we're to judge. No, we're not. We're not the judge. Like, we need to look at our own inventory before we start speaking at anyone's. Jesus didn't even judge anybody. Like, we get to, because we have to meet people where they're at. And I've talked about this before, but in our walk, 
and the, 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 not our walk, but in our walk with Christ and our journey with the Lord, we have to be very, very careful about what we say to other people. We get to hold people high. We get to hold people to a higher standard. However, the judgment being critical is not the way to go about it. That judgment can be the very thing that diverts their path and gets them walking back on the wrong one. So we need to show up with love and acceptance. It's not about approving somebody's behavior that you don't agree with. There's a, lovingly, there's a loving way to speak about it. But casting judgment on anyone, especially new believers, is the absolute worst thing we can do. Uh, Hermela, good to see you from the Philippines. Great to see you. Oh, G Stephen said it's glitchy on his stream. Oh, that's not good. Um, let's see. Cut out those who rob our energy. You'll make room for the right people. Amen. Well said. Jesus expects us to love one another in the same way that he loved us. This brings us to a vitally important element of love. Forgiveness. Whew. Ephesians 4.32. And be kind to one another tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God and Christ forgave you. Think about, think about what Jesus forgave you of. Think about it. Like, take a second to really absorb this. Think about your testimony, the lies, the betrayal, the deceit, the self-abuse, with your words, with the chemicals you put in your body. Think about the double life, the blasphemy, all of those things. Think about what you've been forgiven of. Shouldn't we attempt to extend that same grace to others? Shouldn't we? <laughs> like, shouldn't we even try? Yet we are so hard on other people. We want Jesus to save us and rescue us and to give us all these things, but what are we doing for others? How are we even showing up for the Lord? Are we, are we being obedient to what he's called us to be or to do? Something to think about. Love and forgiveness can be separated from each other. He who loves forgives, and he who does not forgive does not love. Forgiveness is God's plan for keeping us together even when we mistreat or transgress against one another. Forgiveness says, I'm not going to allow your failure in this relationship to destroy our connection. Isn't this what Jesus says to us? Isn't forgiveness the very platform upon which our relationship with him has been established? Do you have a hard time forgiving? Do you? Like comment below, like who out there has trouble forgiving? Think about it. Think about the exes. Think about your family. Think about, like say you say you're a good forgiver. Think about when you have an argument with somebody, how many times do you pull something from the past into that argument? like a past transgression. 
how many of you use the past as a weapon in a current situation. I know that I'm extremely guilty of that because I'm a dirty fighter. Like I'm learning how to fight a little bit less dirty, <laughs> but I'm resourceful and I remember everything. Like I move past stuff and I'll let it go, but it's like it's stuck somewhere here in my brain and I go, oh yeah, I got this thing to use and I'll use it like it's napalm or a freaking bottle rocket or something. <laughs> It doesn't help anything. All it does, I thought you forgave me. Why are you bringing up old stuff? And it just further buries in the fight. It, or not buries in the fight, but you get what I mean. It, it gets you more entrenched in and you kind of dig your heels in. I go, okay, I'll show you. And then you just get more stubborn. That is not forgiveness. It's not. So something I get to work on is something I get to work on is basically, um, not basically, something I get to work on is not taking things from the past and using it to throw back in someone's face. It's the worst experience. So what are some things that you could do to improve your forgiveness skills? Let's see, Christopher says, think of when Jesus Christ was crucified and cried out to God that he had been forsaken. Interesting as I posted this this week, even forgiving myself or individuals who continue to seem still to be untrustworthy. But here's an interesting point. The suffering that characterizes individual human life is so intense that if God himself tries to undergo it, it will test his faith to the point that even he will not believe in his own existence. We hold the truths as self-evident. What the heck? Uh, forgiving his love, well said, Jesus forgives every day. Interesting. Judging shows you do not accept people for who they are and whole love is unconditional. Wow. Um, very disappointing that you're keep, I keep seeing the stream is glitchy. Okay. Look at the character traits that God ties together with forgiveness. Colossians, Colossians 3, 12 through 15. Therefore is the elect of God, holy and beloved, Put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful." Do you see in this verse the connection between now or between how we treat one another and the reality there is in one body? We must not think that we can separate our character from our connections. It is in our connections with other people that the quality of our character, good or bad, is revealed. Paul reiterates this thought, Ephesians 4, 1 through 4. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. In other words, walk in your purpose with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit. So therefore, prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk 
prisoner of the Lord to me means fully surrendered. Like my will is not my own. Let your will be done. Beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. You were all born for something special. You were born with a unique purpose that was made for only you. With all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, dude, the journey's tough. It's not easy. You don't get it all at once. You don't get all of God's blessings immediately. Like, I mean, you are blessed. And when you're walking in purpose, you're blessed. But like the vision that you see, the dream that you have, you don't get it right at once. You don't want it all at once. I shared this right after I gave my life to Christ. I started negotiating and brokering oil deals and distribution deals and jet fuel and all kinds of stuff. And there's multiple times that we thought we had a deal. Last second fell through. And these deals, 15, 15 million a month. Kid you not. Kid you not. And, you know, jet fuel for like, UPS and FedEx and American Airlines, like that, like that kind of stuff. Negotiating these contracts. Every one of them fell through. You know why? Well, let's put it this way. If I would have gotten any of those contracts, I would have been in Vegas. I would have gotten the biggest suite possible. And I would have bought as much of the purest, the purest drugs you can imagine. And I would have partied for weeks straight if I would have made it that long, because I would be dead. I know for a fact, I did not have any spiritual roots. I had no, no, um, what's the word I'm looking for? No spiritual maturity. I would have not been a good steward of what I've been blessed with. And I'd have been right back where I was before I gave myself to my life to Christ. The long suffering part I'm telling you is so important because you're being trained. It's not failing. You're not failing. Sometimes it feels like failing. You're not, you're being equipped, you're being prepared, you're being molded, you're being scarred up and roughed up. You know, I don't know, those of you have ever played baseball or softball, but you scuff up the ball. Like it's hard, a clean ball is really, really hard to throw. It gets slick, you gotta rough it up a little bit or you get a pair of dress shoes. I don't know if ladies, you do this with your high heels. I haven't really worn high heels recently, but, um, with shoes on dress shoes, you got to scuff them up or you're going to slide all over the carpet. The, that's a probably a horrible analogy, but you getting scuffed up, roughed up, getting some scar tissue built up is what helps you withstand the trials and tribulations of life and living in your purpose. It helps you battle uh, and fight off spiritual attacks. It lets you know what you're made out of. I always, you know, one of the things about living in Los Angeles um, that I, that I loved so much is I got to see what I was made out of. I got to see how tough I was. It's so competitive growing up in Oklahoma city. You know, it's a different speed. People move differently. It's not as high pressure. It's not, you don't have a huge entrepreneur scene there. The population's barely a million people. And, you know, it's not an aggressive cutthroat city. But when you go to a city that's cutthroat like New York or Miami or London or, you know, any of the major cities out there, you people are out there fighting for their life to survive. Like you don't meet many people in Los Angeles that don't have five jobs. 
it's it's it, that because you do that, you you go there to make your dreams come true, but in the process, you're having to work fifty jobs just to pay rent. That's what it's like. So it's competitive because you know sometimes I like to think that I'm really good at what I do, but the truth is that yeah, there's people that are a lot of people are way better. And like you think about acting or you, you, I mean, there's so a talk show host or MCs or speakers. It's like you're surrounded by people that are just great at what they do. They dedicated their life to it, but you go there, you see what you're made out of. And it has a way of making you tough, making you strong and teaching you not to give up because it's the people that give up that never make their dreams come true. It's the people that keep fighting until the end that see what God showed them come true. So are you committed to the connection? Do you have a clear and compelling vision of being part of the unified connected body? Are you committed to loving the brethren feverly? Are you committed to forgiving quickly and fully? Are you committed to welcoming other people into your life? So, Forget forgiveness being tough, because it can be, but are you committed to welcoming other people into your life? I shared, I think it was yesterday. Um, this is a new people coming into my life is causing me to, I get to learn how to work with people. I can't live in the cocoon and do what God has called me to do. There's a season for you where you'll live in a cocoon. Like there's a season, there's a time for it, but there is a time to break out too. And when you do that, new people will come into your life and you get to practice the fruits of the spirit with those other people. You get to practice forgiveness. It's one thing. It's one thing when you get to forget, you only have one person in your life and you get to forgive them. That can be a challenge. But what happens when now you're working, you have coworkers, you have partners, you have business relationships, things like that. You're on the phone. There's a lot of different relationships to navigate, but you need to welcome those people because they belong there. And because we are a body and we, a body of Christ, we can't do it alone. And I was talking about ministry before in your church. You know what? This is your ministry. May be you're an attorney. Your ministry may be producing movies. Your ministry may be your school teacher. Seriously, that could be it. But you still, in doing those actions, those, you know, doing those, carrying out those ministries, you are, you have to be committed to allowing other people in your life because you cannot do what God's called you to do without the rest of the body. Make sense? I'm committed to connection. I love that, Erica. Always learning is how you keep growing. What's up, Caroline? Good to see you. What's Chirac? I don't know what that is. What's up, Rich? Good to see you, man. Uh, let's see. The point of the, my quote was representation of the love, forgiveness God gives everyone for all of us with the message left by his only son. God still left his message to those who seek it even after mur we murder his son. That forgiveness is at its finest. Oh, dude, you're not even kidding. Like that's the ultimate sacrifice 
the ultimate form of forgiveness, of course, was Jesus dying for us. That's powerful. Uh, let's see. Okay. Are you totally open to welcoming new people into your life? Those of you have said yes. If not, what do you think may be inhibiting you? I like this question. Like for those of you who are not open to having new people into your life, and this is something I've said, like, I don't want new people in my life, blah, blah, blah. I'm pretty confident me saying those words kept me from moving forward because you can't do it alone. You can't. But what do you think is inhibiting you? For me, well, um, I didn't think I was very likable. Didn't think I was easy to work with. Um, I, you know, I personality conflictions with some people and sometimes I just don't understand like communication sometimes is, is tough. Sometimes the way I hear things may not be the way it's intended. Who can relate to that? And so like when I would hear things that I don't necessarily like, the way that I would, you know, respond or react was not always nice. So that was a real battle for me. So really it was just immaturity. I mean, when it co comes down to it, immaturity, insecurity was what was keeping me from wanting new people to come in my life. But it's an area we get to improve because we'll never, ever accomplish what we are called to accomplish alone. Connection with the body is where we are talking about several lessons ago when we talked about the life of the body. We saw that there is only one vision for the life aspects of the body. We are all expected to be connecting, to be kind to one another, to be forgiving. This is the heart of a C3 vision. On a scale of one to 10, where do you see yourself in your spiritual development? One means poorly developed, 10 means highly developed. So if you wanna do this, you can ask yourself. I mean, just, you can do this on your own at home. Um, but these lessons and these these activities is really like what I've noticed since we've been going through this and it hasn't been consistent every day because we've taken some days off. But like this teaching and this lesson has been powerful from the sense that it's really helping you see all pictures of what it takes to have a crystal clear vision. You know, people say, well, how do you find your purpose? And it's and they give you some basic formula to it's like one or two things like, well, okay, you take a, what did you dream about when you were a child? And then they say, what do you, um, what kind of trauma did you experience? What did you overcome? And then that, that's the recipe for finding your purpose, right? That's what they say, but it's not always that simple. Sometimes there's a lot of crap to dig out and get rid of before we're able to see that clearly. Because sometimes some of us are so bogged down with resentments and anger and hostility that we don't, like, like, we can't see clearly. We can't hear the voice of God clearly because of that. But when we eliminate those things, all of a sudden, things become so much more clear. He says, I can relate to all of that. It's also connected to forgiving ourselves and self-love. Absolutely. It... <laughs> The self-love thing, I had this conversation this morning with somebody, the self-love thing is so real. And the understanding that God loves you the way you are. 
Like you were created the way you were for a reason. Yes, like even all the imperfections and the flaws, did you think for a second that maybe God wants to use those imperfections to allow you to be the blessing and the gift you are to the world? I mean, do you think that's possible? Like God loves you for exactly the way you are and all of those things that you don't like about yourself, you don't like about other people, those self-abusing things that you've done to yourself, God will use all of it, all of it. Knowing your weaknesses is a strength. I love that, Jessica. Uh, what keeps me moving, wait, here we go. What keeps me moving, integrity, fear, and trust. I like that. Connection through forgiveness means healing. Love that. Absolutely. Okay. Um, let's see. Is there anything else here? No. Tomorrow. Wow. Committed to calling. I wonder if it means calling people on the phone. You know what? That's one of the... Do you know why I hated sales? <laughs> I didn't want to make the phone calls. I didn't like being hung up on. One time... When I was, um, it was like, I it was 16. Yeah, 16. I didn't want to work with my dad. So I was like, well, I'm just going to get a job. So I got, I went to work at this place called Old Judge. And it was a coffee shop in South Oklahoma City, right next to the bowling alley. And, you know, we made espressos and lattes. This is before uh, Starbucks. And <laughs> so I would basically just i didn't want to charge anybody so i just gave away everything so needless to say i got fired like all the bagel sandwiches and the latte drinks like i think i gave away more stuff because i wanted people to like me than i ever charged anybody for which is absolutely ridiculous so then i got fired so then my next job um because i didn't want to work with my father was going door to door have you ever seen those door-to-door -door salesmen? They should go by businesses and they have those giant kid books. And it's, I mean, this is a notepad, but it's like a giant kid's book, right? It's this big. And th or they have watches and they sell these watches. And at that time, I'm 16, I'm 41 years old. So bad math, you know, over 21 years ago. Yeah, 21 years ago. No, that's, oh my gosh, I stink at math. Ugh. Anyway, um, <laughs> Anyway, it was a long time ago, and I remember going there. It was the first day, and they get in these big meeting rooms, and they were playing Van Halen, Panama, and just like jumping up and down, and they were getting themselves. I think it's what Tony Robbins does when he's priming people or priming, and you get yourself all worked up into a tizzy, and then you go out in the car, and you go door to door, and you're selling these giant books, like, yeah, you need to buy this for your kid, and then they sell these watches, and they look kind of cool and flashy. Anyway, so the first day went, and typically, you're not supposed to sell anything the first day, so as we're doing this going door to door, I was like, yeah, let me do it, so then I started selling, and I was like killing it for my first day. Like I actually made money my first day. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy one of these watches for $5. The watch broke within like two hours of me buying it. And I felt terrible because all I could think about is these little kids getting these books that fell apart and these people that bought the watches breaking. I'm like, oh, screw this. Like ever since then, I've hated sales. I started working. I ended up going to work for my father 
um, working with medical equipment, working with quadriplegics, ALS, muscular dystrophy, the, the, you know, the power wheelchairs that Christopher, Christopher Reeves use, you know, Superman. So I got into that and I did that for 18 years, but that, even though it was technically sales, it was providing a service, but that for me is what did it. But I have never been a sales guy at all. Uh, math is not my friend either. I'm actually really embarrassed that I could not do that math. So 41 minus 15, 26, 26 years ago. That sounds better. That's unbelievable. Anyway, well, guys, thank you so much for being here. Um, thank you to everyone who has supported and made donations to the Live Model Worldwide Foundation. Um, your support has meant the world to us. I mean, just again, we've seen some of the donations come in and we're going, wow, this is amazing. People believe in what we're doing. And that means a lot because you know what? We believe in what we're doing also. So I wanna say thank you for your support. Um, also, those of you, um, you've heard me talk about the CBD line, Live Mana Utoya, which is L-I-V-E. You can see it on the screen here, livemanautoya.com. Every sale that we make, and thank you for the, our new customers, but every sale, uh, we take the money that we make from that and we put it back into the Live Mana Worldwide Foundation so we can carry out our global mission. So we are very grateful for your support, grateful for your donations, and it's just an amazing CBD product. Um, today, we actually, uh, there's a new product that we're about to launch that's pretty special, and uh, I'll talk about that more tomorrow. But anyway, guys, thank you for being here. God bless you. I appreciate your support and uh, we'll see you soon. Thank you.